0: Welcome to the Thriving Fatherhood Podcast, where we are living and working in the trenches together to thrive in this mission field called fatherhood. My name is Brian Knight. I am a father of two and another on the way in February. How are you guys doing this week? Well, I have a special episode for you today. In other words, I had not planned this topic, but you know, life happens. And this is definitely a topic I feel compelled to talk about. And that is uh, what to do when a loved one passes. I'm talking about my father-in-law. Just yesterday, which uh, was Friday, he passed away. Now, he was already sick and we expected a gradual decline, but we definitely did not expect him to pass this soon. So as the leader for my family and my wife Bethany being his only daughter, it was up to us to make sure all our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. So what does that look like? Well, it involves a number of things. You never know if you are suddenly going to be faced with the death of a loved one or, for heaven's sakes, the death of a child. For me, this is the first death in my family where I am somewhat involved and have to make decisions. Honestly, it is great experience for the inevitable death of other family members in the future, such as my own parents. I want to talk about my experience and what I learned so you will be better prepared and not caught off guard if one of your loved ones passes away. I first got a call from Bethany at 6.40 a.m. on Friday when I had arrived at work. Um, I usually don't get there quite that early, but today I was that day I was um, getting there a little early. She was hysterical and and said they had brought him back to life already four times and were not sure how much longer they could keep him alive. I told one of my nurse colleagues about the situation and she said, you should go. So I walked down to my assistant nurse manager's office and told her what was going on. She was fine with me leaving and had another nurse fill in for me. I believe the biggest reason for me leaving at that time was I needed to comfort my wife during this difficult and confusing time. Someone needs to be there who can talk with the healthcare providers who is not as emotional about the situation. So I knew I needed to be there for support and making sure the best decisions were made. We met at my mom's, which is right next to the hospital, and dropped my daughter off uh, for her to watch her for a while, while me and Bethany and her mother went to the hospital. When we went into the ICU, they needed a moment to spruce him up, which was odd, but I did not realize it at the moment. Eventually, they came out and got us and took all three of us to the room. Well, to my surprise... He had already passed, and this was about 7.45 in the morning. He had passed at 6.58 that morning. I will admit I was a little shocked that he had already passed, and I think Bethany and her mother were not expecting that as well. Bethany mentioned later that it was almost good that he had already passed because I did not want to to make the call on letting him go. Another thing I pointed out was the room would have been a wreck, and a lot of healthcare providers would have probably been in the room. Bethany had uh, taken my son, Asher, to school that morning, and if she knew he had already passed, there would have been an extra heaviness feeling as she was trying to drop Asher off and go pick up her mom on the way to the hospital. Instead, we walked into a peaceful room that was clean for the most part and were able to spend some time with my father-in-law. The the nursing staff had us sign some paperwork stating uh, we were picking up his things. Then they wanted to know the funeral home we were sending him to. We had not thought much about this and quickly started looking online at funeral homes, looking at reviews and prices. We knew he wanted to be cremated and this took a lot of the complexity out of the equation. We called a few places and finally settled on a place that was not too far away, that had a good website, had solid reviews, and uh, they had their prices online. And so the cost was almost $1,200 to take care of everything from a cremation standpoint. So, um, you know, that involves uh, the death certificates transporting the body from the hospital to there doing the cremation and then, um, you know, having like an urn and then passing the cremation you know, the ashes to us and doing all the paperwork as well. And there's probably some other stuff I left out in there. Of course, if you have a funeral and a casket, the cost is going to be much greater, maybe well north of $10,000. We are planning to have a small memorial service at our church since uh, it will be like 15 people max attending. The... Um, <clears throat> What do you call it it's not it's like a chapel but the place that does a the cremation they can also do a ceremony as well and they have a minister there that and seating as well so that's also an option of course um i think at our place that was about thirty seven hundred thirty eight hundred dollars just to give you a kind of an idea on the cost and what that would be So my wife and uh, mother-in-law needed the support and direction with these decisions that for the most part needed to be made before leaving the hospital. Luckily, we were able able to set a meeting with the funeral director for 10.30 a.m. that morning and got all that handled. The important thing about the funeral home is is they issue the death certificates. You will need about 10 of these. You will need them for life insurance, any debts, probate, and many things as as they come up. Now, if uh, you know somebody that passes away has credit card debt, that is unsecured debt, and uh, for life insurance, they cannot come after that. So, um, there's different rules on things. Um, you'll have to kind of look that up. Uh, looking it up online is a better resource than me, so I just looked up for his particular situation. Overall, it was a smooth process so far, and we are thankful for less stress with this situation. I wanted to transition and talk about some things to have in place before death and what to do after the death. This is a very complex subject, but I learned a lot just with my father-in-law and uh, maybe you can uh, get a couple of uh, nuggets out of this for your own situation and be prepared if caught off guard. So of course uh, you want to have an updated will and living will. He had an outdated will, but it was still applicable because he did it later in life. He didn't have kids and stuff like that. So you definitely, when you're in the messy middle, like many of us, then you need to keep that will updated. Um, as you have more kids and or they move out different things so uh, one other thing he did not want to be a dnr and for many of you know that's do not resuscitate he wanted everything done for him to save his life even if that means chest compressions which seems like not the right decision with as frail and ill as he was during this time Honestly, it was horrible that his body had to endure that trauma repeatedly in the hours before his death. You know, and, you know, he has to make those decisions. And he was stubborn about a lot of different things. And, you know, honestly, when we we would ask him, here, make a decision, or what do you want to do? You know, he would kind of get a little frustrated about it. So, you know, you can only do so much. And um, I think we got what we needed done before he passed, but that was, a lot of that was due to our intentionality. Um, And if we would have left it to him, it, a lot of it would have not got done. And it would have just created more headache and stress after his passing. So the, the will, you can get online or meet with an attorney. It is more expensive to go with an attorney, but you can get some nuggets of information that you will not get from doing it online that may make you wish you had spent the extra money. Cause basically you sit down with an attorney for about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes but I guess about an hour and he's going to ask you a lot of different questions and really make it, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, customize the will for your situation Whereas if you're doing one online, it's kind of like a generic for all people, and but the attorney's going to ask you a lot of different questions, situations, kind of explain the law to you, the forms to you, so that you can work through it quickly and make the right decisions. Um, let's see here, and um, also, so questions have come up um, about other areas of our lives. And we were able to email our attorney and then he has answered our questions or referred us if need be at no charge. Um, they even actually let us come in because we, we, uh, wanted a little bit of counsel on how to prepare for my dad's death. This was actually about like four months ago when he got sick the first time and was able to go home Uh, and uh, one of the lawyers met with us. Uh, He wasn't an expert on Medicaid, but he knew a lot more than we did. And um, we were able to get some definite questions answered, especially about the bank account, which um, I will talk about. So it's nice to have that relationship with an attorney and that makes it worth it to pay the extra fees sometimes. Another thing you need to think about is what will go through probate court. Uh, There's a lot of detail I will spare you here. For my father-in-law's situation, we were luckily able to get him to sign a form with his bank two weeks before his death that would allow his spouse to be paid upon his death. It's a uh, paid upon death type form. Um, And basically what is in his account instead of it getting locked up in probate for six months or longer. Also, his car was already jointly owned by my mother-in-law. That's another thing. If they own their car and there's nobody else on the title, that is another thing you need to get looked at because otherwise that'll be tied up in probate. Uh, He he did not have any retirement accounts or real estate, so we don't have to worry about that. So his situation really was not that complex. Um, He did fortunately have a life insurance policy, which was probably going to expire this year. But fortunately, or unfortunately, he will be able to collect on it. This will give my mother-in-law a new start financially. This is great news. So we have already called them and they are sending us the paperwork. You will need to send them one of the death certificates. My father-in-law has been called a smart man who did not always make smart decisions. One thing he did that was smart is kept a printed out list of his passwords. And this allowed us to be able to get in his accounts and to unlock his iPhone. If you do not have that passcode, you have to pretty much erase everything on the phone and hope it is backed up by the cloud. I wanted to say, um, I want to say both Bethany and I believe my father-in-law could have lived another 10 years, good years, if he had taken care of himself better. No, he did not drink or smoke, but he did not watch what he ate and continued to eat whatever he wanted. This is why he had poorly controlled diabetes and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. He also could uh, be non-compliant with his doctors. You know, that kind of goes back to when you're sick enough, you know, you're you're pretty much dependent on what your doctors do. So he had already lost most of the choice to take his own health into his own hands. And he was dependent on what the doctors wanted, but he didn't even want to do their treatment plan. So that made him decline even faster. So when it comes to your health, you can make two choices. Either you take control of your own health or you let your doctors take control of your health. If you wait too long to take control of your health, your own health, then you will lose that choice and you will be dependent on the medical system. Fathers, make sure you are taking care of yourselves sooner rather than later. More to come on this in future episodes. One last thing I want to say is I am so glad I went to visit him this past Wednesday while he was still mentally with it. I was able to take along Bethany with me. Honestly, I almost did not go and my wife was not planning to go since uh, we have so much going on these days. But we took the time to go see him while he was in the hospital, not knowing that would be the last time we would see him alive. So if you have a loved one in the hospital who is ill, take the time to go see them. Even if you do not like them that much or they have hurt you or whatever the reason, because it may be the last time you see them again. I mean, you know, Wednesday, the doctors were, the treatment plan was to discharge him on Saturday. And then all of a sudden, Thursday night and Friday morning, he took a turn for the worst and ended up coding and passing away. If Bethany and I had known that this would be the last time we would see him alive, we would have stayed longer with him, but we are glad for the time we did have with him. Fortunately, this situation is working out very well so far and both my wife and I feel God has had his hand on the situation and things seem to be falling into place. We will be closing on our new home in early March, and my mother-in-law will be moving in with us over the next few months. I believe this will greatly improve my mother-in-law's health and quality of life and allow us to be there to support her and include her more in our family and as the kids are growing up. At the end of the day, this is what life is all about, and being a leader as a father and trying to thrive in all areas of your life. That is what I have for you today. If there is a topic you are interested in me talking about, please send it to knightbri at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-B-R-I at gmail.com. You can also check out my website at brianjknight.com. I will be updating the pictures and content over the next month, but... You can still check out some of my work and contact me there. Also, if you would be interested in working with me or having me mentor you on your journey back from surviving to thriving in fatherhood, then send me an email or reach out to me through my website and we can set up a call to see if I can help you to thrive more in your fatherhood journey. Thank you for listening. And until next week, continue thriving in fatherhood. Bye for now.